Welcome to another episode of Road Sodas. Welcome. That wasn't Jimbo. That was me doing Jimbo. It's going to be a weird one tonight, my dear listener. It's just you and me. No one else, even if you're next to someone. They're not really there. Were they ever really there? Are you doing okay? Write in. Let me know. I am back from my eastward travels of fun and frivolity in the homeland. But Jimbo is still in Kenya. The big guy hasn't returned yet, so this week is going to be a special first pod of the year where I just tell you a story that is a scene. There might be some similarities in that I forget if it was SARS or MERS was going on at the time. One of those, there was a mini epidemic. We used the word, but we didn't have like the current epidemic to compare it to. So it's it pales by comparison, unfortunately. But this is going to be a little, little, little silly tale. Jimbo wasn't involved, but it was cold and there was a small pandemic going on. And that's kind of like what it is now. So suck it. Um, all I'll say about my travels back home without Jimbo is that I got to meet up with, uh, unfortunately, only really one friend. Everyone else uh, that I tried to hang out with literally got COVID like the day we were supposed to hang out. And so I only saw one person, uh, unfortunately, but he's a great man. I'm not going to use his name yet because I don't know if he wants me to, but we're going to have him on in the future. I know he's a listener. Shout out. You know who you are. Um, but he's going to come on to tell some tales. Um, what's funny is that he's a listener and I believe one of the, we were just, you know, talking shit as old friends do. And one of the stories he brought up was a time where he met one of my friends that he didn't know, but it was a big guy. I am 99% sure that was him meeting James because we did not go to this me and me and this unnamed person went to the same high school but James and I did not so they did not know each other through that avenue but they did meet at least once anyway all that is to say you'll hear about my boring shit once Jimbo comes back and he'll have presumably hours and hours of Kenyan adventures for us to hear about i don't even know if he was just in Kenya he may have bopped around to other places and i've i've i don't even know we're all going to find out together. I'll really get to be the audience surrogate for this one. So, without further ado, the tale for this week. Now, the backstory you'll need is that I went to a college that is a five-year program, and you did these internships, these working internships kind of scattered throughout it. And uh, my, my roommate and I at the time, my roommate in Boston, uh, we, we just wanted to go abroad. We really didn't care where, and we really didn't care what the topic was. Hang on. Let me, there, now we're sodas in mm. Mm. strawberry guava. Take me away. Thank you. Topo Chico. Anywho, he and I wanted to go anywhere. And work in really any capacity we we had. I, I think we gave them. We 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 said you know preferably Europe or China and preferably a science. But that was probably about as specific as we got. And so 
we were offered to go work in a biology lab in Germany, which was great. It was going to be for the second semester, so we'd be there from roughly June or July until effectively Christmas. And so we go over there. There's a lot of t- stories from that that I won't get into uh, just because it'd be, even for me, a lot of digressions. And they're, they're all good. They're extremely good because I was allowed to legally drink then. Um, I couldn't actually, I turned 21 while I was there. So as soon as I got there, I could start drinking in bars, but I was not allowed to do that was, you know, the first time I could legally do that was abroad. What was her name, Ben? (laughs) Nice. Anyway, so we're there. It's getting towards the winter time and I, I only have one cousin from my dad's side of my family that did not grow up relatively near to where I did. She grew up in Wisconsin. And so I'd I'd met her at a number of family events over the years, but it wasn't my other cousins I would see constantly because we we lived, you know, 20 minutes apart. And so I hadn't heard from her in a while, and she reached out while we were in Germany and was like, hey, you're in Germany. I'm in Poland. Do you want to go to Chernobyl? (laughs) And we were like, fuck yeah, we do. So even though we'd had this job that was, it was a bullshit job. My roommate, um, I'm going to make up names here. We're going to call my roommate Philadelphia. No, that's a stupid name, but that is where he's from. We're going to call my roommate uh, we'll make up a name. We'll call him Jake. And, um, and the other person will just be referred to as my cousin. And Jake and I were like, fuck yeah, let's, let's go check out Chernobyl. That sounds great. We've been working at this bullshit job for a couple of months. Like, like I don't know, a handful of months. The whole thing was going to be about five, five months of work. And we were like, we need a break from that, right? We we deserve time off. Fucking, I'm barely... He, the lab he worked in, he worked a fuck ton. I barely did anything because I wasn't qualified to do biology. Neither was he, but they found a way to make him work. Doesn't matter. Anyway, we're like, we need a break from this rigorous nothing that we're doing. Let's fly to... Is, now, I've recently told, is it Kiev? We all call it Kiev, but I think we've been saying it wrong. I think it's Kiev. I'm going to call it Kiev. I'm not I'm not confident enough in saying Kiev. We just made the switch as a country from calling it the Ukraine to Ukraine. That's I'm going to that's going to be my solo jump for now. I'll, I'll get to Kiev later. So, we fly to Kiev. I forget where we flew out of, possibly the place we were. We might have had to take a train somewhere else. That sounds familiar. <clears throat> oh, no, we definitely did. We had to take a train to Hamburg. <clears throat> Damn it, Topo Chico. Do your job. <clears throat> so we land. Actually, before we land in Kiev, we got this MERS, SARS, I forget which one it was, going around. This would have been like 20, like 2009, maybe, 2010, 2009, whichever one was going on around then. And there was like a hot spot in... I think like Southeast Asia somewhere, and then Ukraine. Those were like the two countries that were, or the two areas that were getting fucked up by it. And like the, like Ukraine was just all masked up and it was making the news, like international news. And so 
uh, what do I call him? Jake. Jake's mom was like, hey, buy masks. Wear fucking masks. And we were like, ah, come on. We're not going to do that. And then we're like, ah, okay. And then I think, I think his mom might have mailed us some masks or maybe he bought them. I don't remember. We could never find any fucking medic. We couldn't find Advil or Tylenol the entire time we were in Germany. It must exist. We just couldn't find it. And we were like, we were drinking constantly. So like Advil would have been nice, but. We land in, in, in Kiev. We've got our masks. We're not wearing them. And we were going to land, I think, maybe like a, I think we were landing like in an afternoon. And then my cousin was coming in the following morning and she had booked the hostel. So she had all the hostel information. And so we were just going to like fuck around for a day or maybe her, her plane got delayed. Regardless, we couldn't communicate with each other because this was pre-smartphones or at least pre-us having them. I mean, I think really early era ones existed, but we just had fucking shitty international phones. We didn't even have our normal shitty American phones. We had like burn, like we had European burners that we were all working with. And so we just had like kind of places to maybe attempt to meet up that we'd pre-scheduled. We were like, we'll check at the hostel. Um, if, if anything gets delayed, we can just check at the tour to Chernobyl. And so, <clears throat> dear listener, from here on out, the story is going to get out of order because I don't exactly remember the order of events. Um, part of that's the fog of time because it's been roughly 12 years, but I was also extremely drunk the entire time. Um, I'm starting to realize that maybe, maybe I was drunk at the at the i think i lost some good stories because i uh you know i can't remember all the all the crystal crystallized details that might normally be there had i you know dialed it back a bit so you know maybe that's advice maybe that's maybe this is an advice episode probably not so i remember jake got to haggle with the cab driver to bring us into the town, like to, like into Kiev proper, because um, the airport's quite a bit outside of it, and knocked off like 70% of the guy's initial offer. So I think he was just trying to take tourists for a literal ride. But uh, I believe it's pronounced Grivna, Grivna, that's their currency. And it was like 200 to the to the euro. Because the at the time the euro was very strong and we'd get we were getting paid in euros, the euro was like almost three dollars. So we were getting paid in euros, Ukrainian currency at the time, doing very badly. And so we get out in this main square, literally drops us off in like the Times Square of Kiev. If you saw any of the photos of that fucking like uprising that occurred in like. 2012 so just a few years after we were there um there was the the barricade the people like made like a like a like a bunker out of just like pallets and tents and you know jersey barriers and shit and we're like beating the shit out of riot cops and winning um that was the square that we got dropped off at because we didn't know where to first of all everything's in cyrillic so we can't even like attempt to pronounce things if i'm in spain i don't speak spanish but I can pronounce things. So if you give me like, like, like I'm going to meet you here, I can say, hey, I'm going here and I can say it and point at it. And people are like, oh, I know that place, you know, 
I will just point and you'll know pointing. But with Cyrillic, I mean, people could still point, but I can't even pronounce like I, the letters are just it's a completely different letter system. So we're in this square. We just walk into the main building. So this is probably the best analogy I've come up with is arriving in America, not knowing the alphabet or the language at all. You've landed in New York. You've gotten a cab to Times Square, and you just walk into the largest building in Times Square. That's that's how fucking dumb and unprepared we were. And we go in, and we walk up to the counter, and we're like, hey, we're looking for a hotel, and we only speak English and, like, a bad amount of German. And the guy's like, oh, hey, this is a hotel. And we're like, oh, that's fantastic news. Uh, how much would, would one night be? And the guy was like, ah, that'll be like 600 Grievesna. We're like, that is literally like, it was more than that. It came out to something like eight euros for the night. It was absurdly cheap. And we're like, all right, cool. We'll do that. And so we go upstairs, we get to the room and it was, some of this stuff's going to sound like I'm just ripping off the movie Euro Trip and I'm not. It's just that Euro Trip was like surprisingly accurate in its lambasting of Eastern, Eastern Europe. Uh, we, we pull open the curtains and two of the curtains are fake. It's just wall behind them. And the other one, the window is maybe, I mean, it's floor to ceiling curtains, probably eight feet wide. And the window is like the kind you'd have in a bathroom. So it's like maybe 15 inches wide, maybe two feet tall. And it's about three feet from the building across it. So you just, you're just looking at brick and we're like, fuck it. It's a room. It's got beds. We drop our bags off. It's, I think it's like November. It's it's fucking cold. Like it's it's very cold in, you know, Eastern Europe in the winter time. Uh, just watch any World War Two movie or see Band of Brothers. Remember how cold they looked in that shit? God damn, that Bastogne episode lasts forever. But. We walk downstairs and we're like, let's, you know, we, my cousin's not going to be here till tomorrow. And the tour is, I think, tomorrow as well. Can't really remember. But let's find something to do. So we go down. There's a concierge guy who is like the prototypical, or not prototypical, just typical, like Russian gangster guy, just an old guy with a fucking leather coat on inside and like jeans. And we're just like, hey, um, we only speak English. But we're looking to go grab a beer. We're looking for like a pub. And the guy's like, you want me to send the girl to your room? We're like, no, 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 no. Like a beer, like like a pub to drink, like a bar. And he's like, I can send two girls to your room. And he pulls out like a fucking, like a thick binder with like laminated pages. And we're like, no, 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 no. Just like a place that we'll find it. We'll find it. We'll find one. And so we just start walking around Kiev at night, or at least, you know, like evening. And, uh. Just aimlessly keep, you know, making sure we can get back to the to the main square. But we're just looking for God knows what we're like, we're like a bar will stand out. And in your mind, you're thinking, I can I can I can tell a bar because the name or the font or there'll be people coming in and out because it's a party vibe because it's a bar. It's like zero degrees and the whole font and name of the place are, are non-starters because it's all. It's all Greek to me, baby. You get it? It's Cyrillic. And we eventually find a place that, amongst other things, has a Murphy Stout sign on the wall. And so 
We go in. It is, in fact, a bar. And my roommate's like, all right, I'm going to go grab us a table. You grab the beers. I was just like, fuck, okay. So I walk up to the bar, and I point at the Murphy's tap, because it's still in English and our alphabet. So I point at that, and I hold up the number two with my fingers. I'm like, two and that. And the guy goes, you know, the guy just asked me something. I can't understand it. So I say, what? I'm like, sorry, I only speak English. And he goes, oh, Red or Blake? And now I'm trying not to laugh, and I, I confirm I want them Blake and not the uh, Murphy's Red that they must have also had. But so we get the beers. We're drinking beers. Um, I think that was the place we got some fucking... At some point, we got ribs, and we were, like, eating the bone marrow out of them because we couldn't fucking find any food. Like, everywhere was just... We, we didn't plan this shit at all. And... We found a hookah bar that was still open. We spent like 18 hours in the hookah bar. And it was like morning. We're like, what's a breakfast hookah like? And they put milk in it and it was strawberry tobacco. And they had like some snacks, kind of. I'm probably remembering this all wrong. At one point, that I think it was that first night, we found like a kiosk and just bought like a bottle of vodka. Because we are like, that's what you do, right? And we're just sitting in the main square. Along like a fountain. It was obviously empty. Because it was winter time. And this kid just comes up to us. Probably a little bit younger than us. This Ukrainian guy. And he's like. Oh you are Americans. Ah very cool. You know. And like everyone there is in fucking track suits and shit. Like like literally break dancing on cardboard. It was fucking awesome. And uh, this guy's just talking to us. Telling us like. He's like you know. Asking about America. Asking about Germany. We're like. We can barely tell you anything about that. But he's like, I want to go to America, you know, and like all this stuff. And he was a really nice guy, told us where to get good vodka, which was like, we don't have the palate to discern that. And uh, at one point during the conversation, pack of dogs just comes by fighting over the sole of a shoe. I'm not fucking kidding. Just dogs fighting over the sole of a shoe in Kiev, the biggest city in Ukraine. It's fucking wild. Then, uh. We, we, at some point we're like, all right, we're going to go to the hostel. We think we have the address. We can't fucking find the hostel. Like we're walking up and down the street and there is, it's just, it's just unlabeled doors. It's not even that there's signs we can't read. There's no signs. It's just doors. We're in like a, we're on like a residential street. There's just buildings. They're like all touching, like very San Francisco style buildings. There's no alleys between them, but it's just doors. And we're like, we just can't. Knock on doors. We don't even know what number the fuck they are. Like, we just have this name, and there's nothing there. And so we just wander around. We're like, fuck it. You know what? We'll, uh, we just had a backpack because we weren't going to be there very long. So we're just traveling with backpacks. We're like, fuck it. Let's just go to the tour. Maybe we'll meet her at the tour. And uh, we, we go there. And this is just classic me fucking. I I, I don't even know. This is just like. Me trying to do the right thing and accidentally just fucking up in just a massive way. We get in the van to go on the fucking tour. No sign of my cousin. And I'm feeling bad because I'm like, damn it. Like, we don't know where she is. We don't know what's going on. Like, this tour is only the day. But if she's here all day just looking for us, I still think I did the right thing. Not that it was her fault at all. It's one of those things like I don't know how anybody met up internationally before. 
Like you just had to pick a spot, and then if any, if anything went wrong, you just literally like left your name with. If you were like, we're going to meet at this cafe, you'd be like, we're going to meet there in the morning on a Tuesday. And then if it was like, if 2 p.m. rolls around, the person you're supposed to meet's not there. You're like, fuck it. Uh, I'll give my name and where I'm staying to like the bartender at the cafe or whatever. Like, I'll just and hope that who I'm meeting goes there and is like, hey, did they leave? I don't know. It sounds very it sounds charming. But at the time, you're like, I have I just have a backpack full of shit and and no plan. And we're here. We were there for like five fucking days. And uh, and so we get off. We get out of the van. We get off the little bus van thing they had. And uh, I'm 90 percent sure it was my idea. I think my roommate was just like, it's your call. It's your cousin. Um, and I was like, I can't just abandon. And it wouldn't even been abandoning her. She's she's hell. She's a couple years older than me. And she's way more well traveled than I am. But uh, I just would have felt bad. I would have felt bad during the whole thing. Uh, so we get out. And literally, like, fucking 10 minutes later, we are just wandering around. And we bump into her. I'm like, holy shit, there she is. And we hug, and everything's good. And she's like, why the fuck didn't you go on the tour? And I was like, I don't know. I'm a fucking dumb shit. And I fucking... I would have felt bad. And so... Now it's party time. We go, we find the hostel, and it was just one of those unlabeled doors. You just went into a door, literally looked like you would have been opening up the door to like a like a shitty like a, like a, like a not good home. And once we were inside, it was like a fucking like abandoned storefront inside, and then you went upstairs along this back hallway. And then you opened up, and then you were just in, like, a standard hostel common room. And for people who don't know what a hostel is, it's just, like, a cheaper hotel that has, like, common rooms with bunk beds in them, typically. Some of them you can, like, rent a room to yourself with beds. But typically, it's, like, barracks-style bunk beds, and you just rent a bed. And I'm, I'm talking for nothing. Like, even now, with current hotel prices, you can get, a, like, a bed at a hostel for, like, 20 bucks. Like, maybe even less than that, depending on where you're going. And Because the whole thing is, you have no privacy, shared bathroom, and there's a lot of, like, stealing that can occur. Like, you typically sleep on your bag. You're like, you use it as a pillow. Um, which isn't to say that you shouldn't do it. It's very fun. Just know what a hostel is. And so we're getting checked in, and the dude checking us in who runs the hostel, he's a fucking delight. He's a Norwegian fella who speaks English, Ukrainian, Russian, presumably Norwegian, and like seemingly five other languages. He's jolly as shit, and as we're like filling out the information to like, you know, check in, he's just got his hand pump. He's sitting in a chair at a desk, and he's just got his hand pumping, and he's pulling out fucking. Very large shot glasses of vodka. And so I look around under the fucking desk, and it's one of those giant, like, three-foot-tall vodka bottles that you'll see either in, like, a novelty store or, according to my friend from back home that I was catching up with, Costco sells them. But it's got a fucking, like, hand pump, like a soap pump dispenser on top. And so he's just pump-filling up these shot glasses that he's also pulling out from, like, a drawer underneath the desk. And he's just giving us... We probably each had two shots of vodka just checking into the like to the hostel. 
And so we check in. We find a safe place to like, like lock up our bags, I think. Or maybe we just fucking abandon them. I mean, it's just clothes. Like, what are they, you know, we had like all our shit on our person. But, uh, then we go out and explore and do fucking whatever. I honestly don't remember much of the nightlife stuff that we did. The main focus of the trip was the next day. This Norwegian fellow's like, Hey, you're Americans. You guys love guns, right? And we're like, fucking, of course. And at the time, you know, I'm from the redneck hellscape that I'm from. Uh, my roommate is from Philadelphia. And my cousin, I didn't really know the specifics of how, what she grew up, you know, sort of uh, environment-wise. I knew it was in Wisconsin. That's really all I knew. I didn't know if it was rural or urban or suburban or whatever. But we're like, yeah, you know, like, I know for a fact my roommate's not into guns in the sense that, like, he doesn't own any guns. He's, you know, from Philly. Uh, same for me. I w- you know, we, we were a no-guns household growing up. But fuck it. We are American. That part's true. And so he's like, hey, I'm a member of a gun club. You guys want to come to my gun club and fire guns and it will cost almost nothing? We're just like, fuck yeah, we do. Are you kidding me? This place has excursions. And so... We set it up and we get in the guy's fucking car the next day. We drive off to the fucking gun club and the gun club, he way undersold it. It was a base that I want to say Stalin built. I don't think it was Lenin. I think it was Stalin. I think it was like World War II era. And it was built to defend Kiev in case the, uh, in case, uh, Germans tried to fucking fuck shit up. And, since it's in relative peace times, unbeknownst to the square that was about to have that fucking barricade bunker built in it in a couple of years, but it was mostly peaceful. So the, the 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 fucking airport had been decommissioned. I'm sure they got some other military airport to defend it now, but the decommissioned airport got bought by somebody, turned it into a gun club, and so there's just like a fucking tank. It's not a tank. It's an armored personnel carrier, but it did have a big fucking machine gun on the front that fired off bullets, you know, probably like six inches long. It wasn't like a full fucking cannon tank, but it was cool as fuck. We got to like sit in that. And then, uh, we would have been able apparently to fire off those like dumb, big, like 50 Cal Barrett. You lay down on the ground sniper rifles. Uh, but they, they use the, the runways for the airplanes for the sniper rifle range. You can like, you can try to hit shit probably, you know, half a mile away. Uh, not that I could do that, but I could fire a gun in a direction. But uh, they were having a competition or something that day, so that they were being used. So we, we, as guests of a member of the club, we were not allowed to use them. But what we did get to do was have a allegedly former Spetsnaz guy come out. Spetsnaz is a uh, Russian special forces, for those who don't know. And I have no reason to think this guy wasn't. Uh, he was an older, burly Russian man in full camouflage. Why not have him be former Spetsnaz? Uh, he came out, and, and so we're communicating with him through our Norwegian guy translator. And the the first gun that we're going to get to fire is a fully automatic AK-47. And so they're like, all right, who wants to go first? And uh, both my cousin and my roommate were like, well, Ben, you've clearly shot guns before, so 
go for it. And I was like, I have never fired a gun. Uh, at the time, I don't think I'd even fired a paintball gun. But I was like, fuck it. Let's do it. And uh, and so I was like, hey, uh, Norwegian guy, if you can ask Russian man, or if you know yourself, I'm left-handed. Somebody putting the gun on the other shoulder. Is that going to be a problem? And they were like, no, nah, that's totally fucking fine. And so if you're if you're not driving right now, dear listener, we're not we're, we're trying to fall asleep. Imagine how you would hold as a presumably right-handed person a a right a, a a machine gun or a rifle or something. You know, you've got it. The, the the butt of the gun would be on your on your right shoulder. You're kind of looking down it with your eye. You know, your head might be tilted slightly to the side. And when you pull that trigger with your right hand, the gunpowder discharges safely over your right shoulder, right? Because the gunpowder's got to go somewhere. So they fire it off that way, and it, and it goes into the air, and it's fine. Now, imagine you're left-handed. So just take that whole situation and flip it over. Now the, the butt of the gun's on your left shoulder. You're pulling the trigger with your left hand, and that gunpowder is being safely discharged directly into that opened eye that you're using to look down the barrel of the gun. And so before I realized this, the Russian guy gives us the only instructions he would give us the entire day directly to us, which was, you go bang, 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 like Rambo. And he just, he said that and just handed me the, the gun. And I, there was a, just, you know, a range. It was probably 10, 10 meters, maybe, maybe 15. It was not very far. And uh, I tapped the trigger. And I think it's it's something like it fires 30 rounds in like two and a half seconds, something like this. So I tap it. And that's already like three or four rounds. But my face is on fire. Not literally, but it hurts very badly from the gunpowder going into my eye because it's only hot for a split second, which is just enough time to get in there and, 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 and hurt you without doing any real damage. It's just painful. And so I'm reacting to that. And now I've got this. Russian guy, and I think the Norwegian guy got in on it too, just going, bang, 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 like Rambo, bang, 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 like Rambo, just back and forth. And so I continued to just flail and pull the trigger for another couple of seconds till it was done. And uh, I got to say, absolutely no kickback on that fucking thing. Uh, I kind of thought it was blanks at first till I saw the target, and out of like 30 rounds, I think I hit it like six times. It was awful. But uh, for my first outing with a weapon, I was, you know, Oh, I mean, it was fun as shit. And, uh, you know, my cousin, my roommate, fire off, fire off their, their clip. They empty their clip into, into those logs with a fucking target on it to, I think both of them did better than me. Uh, but they were all, are also both right handed and so didn't have the whole burning eye situation. And then we're like, well, what else you got? We took some posts. We took some pictures. We posed with the gun as well uh, at our Norwegian hostile owners behest. He was like, you, you simply must hold the gun above your head and look like a terrorist. And so we did that. And then the dude just Spetsen's man just walks over to like an unlocked filing cabinet that was outside, pulls a drawer open and it's just nothing but like just pistols, just like. They looked like the standard cop pistol, you know, nothing fancy, just a pistol. And he pulls one out and looks at it and does all the clicky things. And he's just like, yep, it's loaded. Here you go. Just hands me a pistol. And so I got to fire off. I don't remember how many. I'd love to pretend I'm a gun guy at all. I, I'm not uh, eight, nine, eleven, a number of rounds. I don't remember. I call them rounds. That's not bad for a not gun guy. That's not bad. 
and uh, I have no idea. I didn't keep that target. I have the other target still. I don't remember how I did with that one. Probably abysmally. Maybe I got it once. Maybe I got um, half of them. I have no fucking idea. I was just I was just happy to be there. And so the other two fire off the gun, the the pistol, and uh, we're like, yeah, this was great. We give the hostile guy like between us probably like twenty euro total at most um, for that. And I think that included like a tip to the Russian guy. And we get back in the car. We're driving back. The guy's just telling us. The Norwegian guys, he's catching us all up on fucking Ukrainian Russian politics, right? Because, you know, at the time I thought he was exaggerating. Again, little did I know that in a couple of years there was going to be that fucking uprising, uh, literally where we'd stayed, you know, a few nights before. That hotel blew up. They bombed it. They blew that hotel up that we stayed at that first night a couple years later. But uh, he's telling us, you know... Uh, you know, all this stuff. He's got gas masks in the back, like in the back seat, just in case you got to throw on a gas mask. He's got envelopes of cash stuck in like that little, uh, that little pocket door side thing that like, like you put like maybe a box of tissues or some gloves in it. That's like on the driver's side door on the, on the, like the little thing on the door. It's just envelopes full of cash so that he can like bribe whichever, you know, either actually state sanctioned group or a you know a fucking militia group just like stops him and starts to bother him he can just be like here's you know some some money i'm going to get back to my business of finding americans in my hostel and bringing them to a gun club he's telling us all that he's telling us about these i forget the name of the group but we looked it up using his uh his internet access in that fucking hostel when we got back it was some group that was like the fucking modern equivalent of the hitler youth basically that's going on there that was going on in russia i don't know if it still is it was fucking crazy and i did not believe a word of it till i got back and and looked it up and i was like damn this is what's happening but they would have like i guess you know R- russia's whole shit is they've got a fuck ton of people they don't have a lot of resources but they got, they got a lot of fucking people and so they're like we need more people we gotta we gotta keep that up. Our, our our population rate is dropping off. I don't think it ever went negative, but it you know it, it needs to sh- shoot through the roof constantly. We need more people, and so to do that, they had these like fucking like youth festivals where there were these like heart shaped tents that Russian women, not even Russian women, Russian girls that were like sixteen would go in, and like dudes would just line up and go inside, and the girl would be like, "Not him, not him, not him. He's cute." And they'd have unprotected sex to make a baby. And I was like, that's fucking insane. And it was all like done for the state. I mean, not that we don't. We do some crazy shit for the state over here as well. I'm not saying we're doing any better. It was just at the time, I wasn't really aware of how fucked, you know, a country could get to its to its youth. But so that was that was a I don't know. It was just weird. We were like like that we might need the gas masks that uh that the briberies were just happening just around us constantly people were break dancing and track jackets i mean i had a great time but uh it was wild i remember at one point we we went to a fucking like a buffet to eat and i had a really bad chicken cordon bleu I just thought it was a chicken cutlet, but they'd like shove some shit inside it. I, I know what you're thinking. Shouldn't it be chicken Kiev? It would have been probably better. 
but it was cordon bleu, which is similar but different. And then at the end, they had one of those like uh, your standard fountain drink dispensers, not like the new Coca-Cola freestyle machines. Obviously, this is old school cafeteria. You know, it's it's a, it's a black fucking unlabeled box that's like head height and at the bottom of it you, you where you'd normally see coke diet coke mr pib extra for some like what extra what happened to pib there's more in it and then maybe you get like a mountain dew or like a barks or something and then like like minute made there's always that uncarbonated minute made one the ukrainian equivalent of that they have pictures of of just the fruit that would be it so it was like an orange or a lemon or something and one of them it was just the color like maroon it was just instead of an image it was a a maroon square and i was like well i gotta try the maroon square and so i put my glass under it it wasn't a glass it was a plastic cup it was a cafeteria we sat down i took a sip and i shared it with at least I know Jake was still with me at the time. I'm not sure if my cousin had flown back to Poland yet at that point. But the best way I can describe the taste was barbecue juice. And that sounds unpleasant. But it had like a lot of the same. I mean, barbecue sauce typically has some citrus in it. Um, But there was so it was like a citrus. The the color of the juice was was also maroon. Um and it wasn't viscous at all like a barbecue sauce. It was it was as thin as a juice should be. It was it was, you know, a a f- totally f- liquid consistency. And it kind of had some zing to it. Not a lot. This is Ukraine. They don't have the zingiest food. But more than you'd expect from a juice. And it kind of had some of the seasoning of a barbecue sauce. It was very confusing. I had several glasses cuz I just kept trying to pinpoint what it was and I never got there. And I never found out what it was. It's one of those fun mysteries in my life. Like, how many Animorphs books were there? I think there were like 80. There could have been 130. But I'm afraid if I look it up, it's going to be like 49, you know? And it's not going to be that exciting. But that's going to remain a mystery to me because that's that's more fun. And so, you know, our, our time in, in Kiev was was wrapping up. And so we get back to the airport. We uh, we buy some duty free alcohol because it's just unbelievable. You know, duty free alcohol is already cheap. This was duty free Ukrainian alcohol. It was practically free, and so I remember Jake got a bottle of pepper vodka. I'd never seen such a thing. I think he'd said he'd heard about it, but it was literally just vodka. I'm sure they make it like with peppers, but there were also just peppers in the bottle, just like one or two, not a lot. And where Jake, the only the only mistake I'm aware that that man ever made was he threw out the receipt before we went through customs on the German side. Ah, you if you buy at the duty free store, you have to have the receipt that says you bought it at the duty free store when you go through customs. Otherwise, as we found out, they will try to take it from you without letting you have any of it. And then they tried to make up some arbitrary rule where they were like, I was like, can we just drink it? And they're like, the whole bottle? And it was like a fifth, you know? And we were like, no, not the whole bottle. We just want to try it. And they're like, well, if you open it, you have to drink the whole thing. And we're like, that's not a rule, is it? It doesn't seem like a rule. Maybe it's a rule. I don't know. But we weren't about to argue with fucking, 
you know, German TSA, whatever that's called. I guess, actually, I guess it was German Border Patrol, technically, because we were trying to get through customs. But so we're back in Hamburg, and we've got to walk over to the train station because we've got a train in the morning. We landed in like the middle of the night, and we've got a train first thing in the morning. And so we walk a couple miles. I think I'm getting this right. I might be conflating some other trips. I did all of this with Jake. You'll just have to trust me that that's part. And it might have just been that I'm conflating a different, like a weekend trip that we took somewhere else because we took a couple of those as well. But I think this was the time that we walked several miles at night over to the train station, you know, with no, with no GPS. Just followed the signs because we could at least read in German a bit. We're like, that that's the sign for the train station. We'll go that way. And then we got to the train station. The only thing open, they got a 24-hour McDonald's in the train station. However, strong caveat, you are not allowed to sleep. And we learned this because there are signs everywhere that say you're not allowed to sleep. And as soon as as soon as soon a, a table fully falls asleep, people come over and start yelling at you and like slapping the table. And so... We looked around and realized that every other table was doing the same shit as us. They were just waiting for a morning train, and they were they were sleeping in shifts. And so we're doing our best to do that, and we're just two scraggly, fucking, just hairy, disheveled because we've been you know in in Ukraine and, and we we walked several miles and it's the middle of the night we haven't really slept. We're just sitting in this McDonald's and these three German cops are walking by. We're like. The McDonald's is in the train station, but the train station is you're effectively outside when you're outside of the McDonald's because like the the doors are so huge to get into the train station. So it's got like glass floor to ceiling windows all around it. So we're we're against the wall. We're at like a booth against the wall, but the wall is clear glass. And there's these three German police officers on the other side of the glass just pointing at us and like looking at their like their fucking phones and shit. And then pointing at us, it wasn't like a phone. It was like a fucking, probably like a Blackberry or something. I don't, I don't fucking know. And uh, we're like, this, this, this isn't good. I don't like this. And so they, they come around because I got a bag just full of vodka. You know, that's all I've got in my bag is like dirty clothes and vodka. Jake's just got dirty clothes. And uh, the 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 German cops come in, and they're instantly, you know, like what's Mackenzie down? We're like, whoa. If we're talking to the cops, we're talking in English. Like, I'm not going to accidentally miss one word and completely say the opposite thing that I'm supposed to. Like, if they say, uh, you didn't not not do that, right? And I'm just like, yes, I wasn't going to risk it with cops. We're like, we got to speak in English. That's, you know, otherwise we're all like, we're both going to jail. And the, the, the lady cop with them was like, I speak English. And we're like, sick. She was like, you meet the description of two guys that have just been walking around lighting cars on fire. We were just like, oh, no. (laughs) And then she's like, "Uh, we're going to look in your bags. And I was like, oh, fuck. My bag has only vodka and like the, the rags of a bum. And so they start looking through the bags and then. This fucking McDonald's like shift manager comes running over and starts going back and forth with them in German. And I'm picking up enough to know what's going on. Basically, he's like, you leave these two people alone. They were, they've been buying stuff from here and they've been here for hours. There's no way they did whatever you said they did. And the fucking McDonald's guy went to bat for us. It was awesome. I don't think we would have gotten in much trouble anyway, because like, 
all the the vodka that I brought back was in like tiny bottles and they were all sealed and like it was all Ukrainian. It had the duty free like bag around it still. We clearly had just come from the airport, you know, and there were tons of witnesses who'd, who'd seen us there. I'm sure we were on a security camera go, like coming in and out of the the train station. So I wasn't like super worried, but it was still like whenever you encounter foreign police or police in general. Uh, you know a dog is about to get shot and that you might get arrested even if you did nothing wrong. So luckily that all got resolved. That was fine. We got on the train and we went back to Germany. And that was it. Uh, I, You know, Ukraine's a cool place. Um, It was super fucking cold. I do remember they had to shine green spotlights on their pine trees. All of Kiev was gray. The roads are fucking concrete. The sidewalks are concrete. The buildings are concrete. It's all concrete. Just brutalist concrete. Like, it's not black. It's not blacktop streets. It's concrete. So everything's fucking gray. It's that kind of beige gray. Everything. The people, they don't wear like the cool black fucking Russian shit. They wear gray. They're all cold and sad and gray, or they're in Adidas tracksuits and they're popping and locking and it is fucking awesome. But there was no color to the point they had, a, they had installed into the, like into the sidewalks. You know, sometimes you walk by like a fancy hotel, they got the light in the ground, like, like, like you know, the, they poured concrete around the fucker and it's a spotlight to like illuminate, you know, the fucking marquee at front of the hotel. Imagine that, but it has a, you know, a green filter on it and it's tilted slightly so that it shines at a pine tree that's next to it to make the pine tree look green. That's the kind of like gray that we're fighting against here. That being said, I still had a blast. Even without the guns, I would have had a blast. Even, I mean, clearly without the Chernobyl, which because I didn't do it, I, I had a good time. Uh, some of that was just because I hadn't seen my cousin in fucking years, and it's always nice to see her. And I was also hanging out with my roommate. We always have a good time together. But uh, I give the Ukraine a uh, you know a nine out of ten as far as uh, trips to go on if you're already in Europe. You know, uh, I'm not sure. I think Kiev's pretty stable right now. It obviously wasn't. Um, I guess like eight-ish years ago, you didn't want to be there. I think it's mostly calmed down. Um, in the past few years, but I would check. I'd Google it. Uh, we never got SARS or MERS, um, but at the time I didn't take it seriously because I was a prick and I didn't trust the news. I wasn't a fake news guy. I was just like one of those guys, one of those classic 20-year-old dudes who's just like, man, the news is all a business. They're just trying to get you to watch, you know, so they make everything more salacious, which is which is true it is true but it's not complete gobbledygook like when 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 it's stuff about you know epidemics um i don't know i guess they blew up that ebola shit though a few years ago i don't know disregard the advice point it's not an advice podcast we've confirmed that jim jimbo does the advice at the end that's he's good at that i i i got nothing on that um, but yeah, so this is, uh, we're going to wrap it up here at the end of this first, uh, and hopefully only solo cast. 
I wasn't sure I could do that. I just tried to go. I thought Bill Burr, you know, just tried to do not not now because he's like a old prick who has bad opinions on, you know, taxing billionaires. He thinks I don't know. He's just he's gone full libertarian. We lost him, folks. We lost Bill Burr to libertarianism. It happens. His politics were probably never great. But uh, they're on Front Street now, and uh, I do not agree. But he does have the ability to just talk to himself, I think, like two or three hours a week. I think he does two episodes a week, and they're each like an hour to an hour and a half. It's imp- it's, it's impressive, and it's, it's, it's reasonably funny if you're willing to, you know, wade through the libertarianism, which I am not anymore. But, uh... I fucking did it. Suck my ass, Bill Burr. You can do you can you can be less funny than you, but not be libertarian. I think I think I just proved that, and I think that's a trade that I'm willing to make. Um so happy twenty twenty two, everybody. Jimbo will probably be on the next one. He'll be back. Um I don't know if we'll need a few days to recover. But we're gonna get the Jimbo Kenya stories. Um I hope you like the repost of Fartsmas 2020, right after Fartsmas 2021. Uh, that was a fun episode to do. And so I thought maybe do it again because I was on vacation and, you know, this shit's free. Who gives a fuck? Um, thanks for listening. Hey, let's, let's make this year a real special one, guys. Let's get out there. Really, you know, live, laugh, love. You know, really fucking, yeah, yeah. And um, insert bit here with with Jimbo where I ask him if he has any advice and he either says nothing or fuck off or no. That's kind of, yeah, something like that. And then I, and then, and then from here on out, this will be regular, but I'll be doing my patented Patent pending, if I'm being honest. Jimbo impression. And as we say every week, go fuck yourself. God fuck us, everyone.